Where are banking institutions planning to make their greatest technology investments in 2012? Michael Whipples, Senior Vice President and Chief Technology Officer at QCR Holdings, a $1.7 billion bank holding company, said it's more than just FFIEC conformance that's getting bankers' attention. Michael, as the CTO of Illinois-based QCR Holdings, you helped to oversee technology investments at the holding company's three banks. What can you tell us about the three banks you oversee, such as the asset size of each institution and the types of customer bases they serve? Well, Tracy, we have three different banks, Quantity Bank and Trust, which is about $1.1 billion, Cedar Rapids Bank and Trust, which is uh, just just uh, south of $600 million, and Rockford Bank and Trust, which is just north of about $300 million. All of these banks are community banks providing services for commercial businesses, retail banking, trust services, asset management and investment banking services. They're in all those uh, service areas. And then we also have a strong leasing company, M2 Leasing, which is located in Brookfield, Wisconsin. And what unique fraud and risk mitigation challenges does each of those institutions face? Debit card fraud, check fraud, ACH fraud, wire fraud, bill pay. I mean, those are all examples of fraud that can crypto create losses for customers and FIs. Um, I think when you combine those with increased regulation and risk management costs, I think all banks become seriously concerned about the position of those items and what it means to their institutions and their customers. Now, conformance with the FFIEC's authentication guidance, of course, is consuming a great deal of attention and fraud investment dollars at many institutions. But it's not just conformance that your banks are focused on, you say. What would you say is the focus, if not on tech investments, to conform? Well, I think we'd like to think it's all about the customer here, and our relationships are very important to us, as I'm sure they are to other banks. So as a result, customer education is important. Um, online education can facilitate that, but we also like to hold annual seminars with our customers. People working with people, uh, that feels right to us. I think another item is manual processes can still be effective at times and are both the most cost-effective and intelligent approach. Sometimes you just can't use the system to do what you're trying to get done. I like to think that sometimes replacing people with technology is not the right answer, even though it may be more efficient but that doesn't necessarily make it right. I think people can make a difference that technology can't. It's called the human reaction and human interaction that takes place. I think really the human touch, customer interaction cannot be duplicated with technology. It can only be replaced. So as a result, sometimes it just makes sense to keep people in control of the activity and keep people involved with the processes. Now, we shared with you some results from our recent Faces of Fraud survey, and I'd like to get some perspective from you about those results. When asked what types of fraud their organizations faced in the last year, our respondents said credit and debit, check, vishing and phishing, ACH and wire, and ATM fraud ranked among the top five. Do those findings surprise you, and do you find the same types of fraud plaguing the institutions you work with? Yeah, I don't think anything anymore surprises me. I wish something did, but I don't think they do. I think the creativity that's used that results in those threats continues to grow, and that's the real concern and issue. It's an organized community that continues to invest in research to identify new vectors to succeed. I think I see this across our industry to all FIs. You know, I think we all have customers that are impacted by this, and in some form or fashion, I think we all see it. Now, when we asked institutions in our survey about the types of fraud that they felt best prepared to prevent and detect, they said they felt best prepared to fight ACH and wire fraud, followed by check and credit and debit fraud. They feel far less prepared to fight vishing and phishing and ATM fraud. Does that surprise you? No, my initial reaction would be no to that. It doesn't surprise me. Um, I think 
there are a couple different approaches here, or two different things here that you have to think about. You know, there's the fraud channel, then our fraud vector. So ATMs, that channel, are subject to the environment that surrounds them, and it's pretty hard for a bank, pretty challenging for them to control something that's in an environment that they don't have any control of. I think you get as creative as possible as you can to mitigate that risk, but at the end of the day, sometimes those environments where those ATMs live, you don't control that environment. I think on the phishing or vishing side, that vector is successful based on the conditioning of the persons receiving the attempt. So, for example, I think that if people are educated on what to look for, do they understand how these attempts present themselves? Are there security awareness programs in place to keep the information top of mind for them? Is even social engineering part of an FI or any organization's vulnerability testing program? The bottom line is it's hard to control human behavior, and so I think education and maintaining an awareness program and doing everything you can to keep that vector and the way it presents itself top of mind to your employees is important. Now, Michael, are the banks that you work with adjusting their technologies to address some of those areas of increased risk? Yeah, banks I talk to, they realize that new threats mean additional adjustments at some point. It means that we complete risk assessments and we evaluate threats alongside solutions, strengths, and the solutions weaknesses, hopefully minimizing risk through layers of security. It's those layers that include both technology and non-technology solutions or people that will continue to help us mitigate those threats. Now, one thing that I found interesting in the survey's results when I compared them to the results we collected last year is that it seems some of the same risks continually come up in the same areas in which institutions face the greatest fraud challenges. Why do these risks continue to plague the industry? You know, I suppose because you hear about them so much. You know, technology solutions over time become ineffective due to new exploits that have not been predicted come about. You know, hence, I think technology has to evolve to address the evolution of the threats as the threats evolve. And so technology is probably going to follow the evolution of those threats because we don't really know and we can't always predict what the new threats are going to be and how they're going to manifest themselves. I think technology is available to mitigate risks across different channels. I think those technologies aren't always consistent for each of those channels. One channel has a different solution than another one, and they don't necessarily follow the same approach. And because those approaches differ, it also increases the complexity of managing that channel. I suppose the fact that we keep hearing about it reminds us that there's no silver bullet and that one day sooner or later we're all going to be visiting that. Now, another point that came out in the survey results was cross-channel fraud, and cross-channel fraud didn't really seem to be overly concerning to most of our survey's respondents, yet industry experts continually tell us that most of the fraud that we see is cross-channel. How do your banks fare when it comes to cross-channel fraud detection? We're probably similar to a lot of the other ones, if I could see what the statistics were to actually compare us. But I think like most FIs, we have different solutions uh, for each of those and look across those solutions for trends to identify where we have cross-channel fraud. It's hard and it's not a small effort to do, but we're also looking at implementing a cross-channel solution from Pfizer to try to automate the analysis and to use analytics to further detect and report fraud that's happening across the channels today. Now, you talked about customer awareness being something that your financial institutions focus on. In our survey, 68% of our respondents ranked customer awareness as the greatest challenge to fraud prevention. Do you agree, and is customer education an area of focus for your banks? Well, I agree it's a significant challenge. I think that both technology and business education is important, and money customers can't afford to have IT staff. You know, as a result, they have staff that wear many different hats, including an IT hat. If they don't happen to wear an IT hat, you know, they don't have IT staff and may outsource part of that technology support, 
but the customer may not understand how to manage and what to expect from the provider with regard to threat and vulnerability management. They just they don't know it because it's not their area of expertise, nor why they're in business in the first place. So it's not necessarily top of mind for them. I think in addition to those items, many are not aware of insurance offerings to help them transfer risks of financial loss and recovery. Sometimes I think the businesses may assume they have protection when they really don't, you know, at that particular point in time. Now, I did mention earlier that we believe here both an online education channel that enables our customers to educate themselves at their own pace and schedule, but we still also believe in holding annual customer seminars that allow us to meet with our customers face-to-face and talk to them about account takeover. And then before we close, Michael, what general thoughts do you have about the survey results where FFIC conformance or other findings are concerned relative to what you see within your own organization? I see similar trends. So, you know, I think that we're seeing that all FIs have similar concerns. I think the statistics show that there's some commonality across the FIs in terms of some of the statistics. I think in terms of FFIEC conformance, I think all the banks are trying to move in the direction that was recently released by the FFIEC. I also think that it's going to be difficult as time continues to evolve and threats continue to evolve for banks to continue to adapt. And I don't think that's probably just going to be an FI challenge. I I think as regulations and guidelines are released that they're going to have to continue to adapt as well. My takeaway from this, just thinking about what's happened in the last three or four years, is this is going to continue to become complex and more complex for institutions. And when you think about it, a lot of the institutions are trying to apply layers of security for each of the channels that they have. You know, if you've got two channels, three channels, four channels, whatever they are, you're multiplying your expense across those channels. If there's anything that I'm taking away from what I've seen in the last couple of three years in your survey, it's the fact that I'd like to see more things done inside a core banking systems product that actually receives a financial transaction and vets it while it's there before it's, before it's processed and generates, you know, alarms and notifications that a possible threat, you know, exists. I kind of liken that to a credit card system and products like Falcon. When you're swiping your card, it's going through a velocity scoring engine and it's making a determination if it's suspicious or not. I'd love to see all these payment channels that FIs have through their core banking system go into a similar one-stop place that does that vetting for the banks so that we're not having to worry about every single channel out there. Where today, I think that's the best approach that all FIs have. Michael, I want to thank you again for your time today. Again, we've just heard from Michael Whipples of QCR Holdings. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tracy Kitten.